Let's take our Bibles tonight, and we're going to turn over to the book of Proverbs tonight. I had thought about starting our series in Isaiah and decided to wait on a couple things, so we're going to turn to Proverbs chapter 9. Proverbs 9, 1 through 18 is what we're going to read, and so in a moment I'll ask you to stand for that reading. I remember years ago working through Proverbs verse by verse, and uh, when I go back to Proverbs study, I remember that for part of our time in Proverbs, we were out in the hallway in the mall, and uh, they would roll by with uh, um, hauling the stock and stuff, and I would have to just wait and uh, pause for the noise to die down, and uh, we are certainly blessed at present. I remember it being quite cold and hot sometimes in the hallway. Do you remember that too? I remember sometimes people would bring gloves or an extra coat or something. Well, here we are in the perfectly 68 temp. Let's stand together for the reading. Proverbs chapter 9. If you're able, Proverbs chapter 9. And this is what the Bible says. Wisdom has built her house. She has carved out her seven pillars. She has killed her beasts. She has mixed her wine. She has also furnished her table. She has sent out her maidens. She cries in the highest places of the city. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. As for him who lacks understanding, she says to him, Come, eat of my bread, and drink of the wine that I have mixed. Forsake the foolish and live, and go in the way of understanding. He who rebukes a scorner gets shame for himself, and he who rebukes a wicked man gets himself hurt. Do not rebuke a scorner, lest he hate you. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be wiser yet. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. For by me your days shall be multiplied, and the years of your life shall be increased. If you are wise, you shall be wise for yourself. But if you scorn, you shall bear it alone. A foolish woman is clamorous. She is simple and knows nothing. For she sits at the door of her house, on a seat in the high places of the city, to call passengers who go right on their ways. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And as for him who lacks understanding, she says to him, Stolen waters are sweet, and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he does not know that the dead are there, and that her guests are in the depths of hell. Let's pray together. Dear Lord, I thank you for this time and this opportunity and this chance to open your word tonight. As we open it, Lord, we seek your blessing. We ask that the word would have life in our hearts, in our minds, and in our souls. Pray that we would be drawn to you we'd be drawn away from sin, that we'd be lifted uh, in our walk with you. Strengthen us, we ask, in Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. I remember getting a birthday invitation as a child. I got that birthday invitation, and I was so excited to go to that birthday party. The card came in the mail. I knew who it was from. I was very excited to go. An invitation 
There will be a party, and uh, every party has games, every party has cake, and of course, parties have presents. I remember one party I went to, and they gave out a little gift to each of the kids that came, and I thought that was amazing that I got a gift for someone else's birthday. Very cool. An invitation, you know, not every invitation that you get in the mail is to a birthday party. Some invitations are to vote for this candidate. Sometimes the invitation is to pay this bill or your power will be cut off, right? That's not exactly an invitation. In Proverbs 9, we have two invitations. And they're two invitations that call out. Um, Speaking of invitations, I remember another story where I was older, uh, maybe 10 or 12, and I remember I was up in Canada. We had gone to see my uncle, and we had gone to a part of Canada that is very liberal. It was the, the part of Canada called Quebec, and they probably have the most left-leaning and uh, I don't know how you'd call them, but tolerant uh, uh, rules there. And I remember I was walking through a mall, and there was someone handing out cards in this mall. And I remember my, um, I remember this man tried to hand me a card, and my sister jumped in, and she said, John, John, don't take that, don't take that. And of course, I was very aloof. I said, why, why not, why not, why not? She said, I'll tell you later, I'll tell you later. And she told me later, she said, it was a very inappropriate thing that was on that card, and And uh, we saw other evidences of like things where things being advertised there that couldn't be advertised in such a way here. And I remember being so clueless. I was, I don't know, 10 years old. And I just thought of my sister, "Why, why couldn't I take that card? Why couldn't I have that? What's the big deal? Well, Proverbs is saying there's a voice of wisdom and there's a voice of folly. We could say that, you know, in our world, sometimes we think there's lots and lots of choices. Oh, there's so many choices. There's so many things we could do. There's so many opportunities. Do you know that you actually only have two choices? Did you know that? In a world of choices, you have two. And they boil down to this, the choice of wisdom and the choice of folly. And in the passage, we're going to look at these two women, look at what they offer. Um, But what I want to actually start off with is verse 10 and The Proverbs are arranged in their own style. So we're going to start in verse 10 and kind of work our way towards the beginning and the end. A little start in the middle of the text. And the verse here says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. This, I believe, is sort of the key verse, the center verse, the apex of chapter 9. And the writer is encouraging the reader to know that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the holy is understanding. What we might say from this is that the voice of wisdom is the voice of God Himself. Do we have a God of all wisdom? Yes, we do. Is there any true wisdom that is not from God? No, there is not. I know it's uh, common in some places to say all truth is God's truth. And, And guess what? There's truth to that statement. But what I want to say is all wisdom is God's wisdom. And when the voice of wisdom calls, that's the voice of God calling to you. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Verse 10 is showing us that we are not smart enough to figure wisdom out on our own. We like to think that we are wise. 
You know what the Bible calls us? Fools. We like to think that we have, you know, we're better than the average. You know, scientists even talk about how statistically everyone thinks they're better than average. And uh, there are different ways people use that to make money off of people because everyone thinks they're better than average. Well, guess what average is? It's the sum of the total, right? And uh, somebody's got to be average. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. This tells me that my attitude towards God, my awareness of God, my respect of God, my living in the, the fear and the awareness and the presence of God, these things are the beginning of wisdom. If you don't believe in God, you're a fool. But you know, it goes beyond just that. If you don't live as though God is real and at work and that His truth is true and that His ways are right, then you are a fool. Because it's one thing to say there is no God and live as the fool. But you know what's even worse than that? It's to say there is a God. I've heard about Him. I have His book and I still don't follow it. That's an even greater fool. And the Bible here says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And then the second section says the knowledge of the holy is understanding. The knowledge of the holy. I, I don't believe this is saying the knowledge of holiness. I believe it's saying the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. To know God, to know Him is understanding. But I think we have to recognize that as we go through life, there are many, many choices that we have to make. There are many, many decisions that lie before us. And these decisions are, are vital. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but in verses uh, 7 and 8 and 9, these verses lay out the response of people to, to the wise woman. Okay, So if, if we would say that the wise woman spoke to them, this is the different responses that they might make. If a wise person rebukes a scorner, that person will get shame for himself. Um, when wisdom rebukes the wicked man, he gets himself hurt. Um, when wisdom rebukes a scorner, he hates wisdom. Uh, but if you rebuke a wise man, he will love you. So if wisdom rebukes a wise man, he will love wisdom. And, and so the idea is there's a very different response to wisdom and to the foolish woman. And specifically in reference to wisdom, there are people that respond well to the voice of wisdom, and there are people that do not respond well to the voice of wisdom. And there, there's a strong contrast. The first verse 7 and the first half of verse 8 is negative response. The half of verse eight and all the second half of verse eight and all of verse nine is the positive response. And and so when wisdom speaks and to whom she speaks, it, it, it's a very different response. So the voice of wisdom is calling. Now before the other two verses I'll, I'll quickly cover is verse eleven and twelve. And here this is in reference to wisdom, for by me your days shall be multiplied. And the years of your life shall be increased. Simply, this is the promise of wisdom. The promise of wisdom is life. Who wants life? Do you know that both the foolish woman and the wise woman both claim to offer life? They both claim to offer something that will bring life to you. Only one of them does. Life. It reminds me of when Jesus, or when Jesus, when God spoke to Moses and he laid out his covenant and he said this, I have set before you life or death, blessing or cursing. And the God of eternity reaches down to us, his humanity, and he says, I have set before you wisdom and I have set before you folly. 
and the choices you make and how you listen and to whom you listen will determine so much of your life. If you make choices of folly, you will receive, here it says, a lessening of life. In wisdom, you will have a multiplication of life. The years of your life shall be increased. This, this can be a very literal thing in that literally people, some people live longer because they're wise. And this starts with looking both ways before you cross the street. And this starts with not playing with firearms and not playing with matches and um, you know the basic safety protocols. This goes to how you take care of your body and how you eat and how you exercise and all those various things. Those are all wisdom choices, right? Wisdom calls and folly calls. And so for, for sometimes I think that as a Christian, we're tempted to think this way. We're tempted to think, well, I'm saved. I have the Bible. I read the Bible. Therefore, I listen to wisdom. But you know, uh, I think the point is that we have many, many choices every day. And there is no one who always and only makes wise choices, right? We make a series of choices over and over and over again. And maybe we'll get into that a little bit more further down. Verse 12, if you are wise, you shall be wise for yourself. But if you scorn, you shall bear it alone. Children, I want to say something to you. You're only going to have parents for so long. Now, you might be thinking, boy, a day without parents, that would be a great thing. That would be fun. No parent day. Woohoo, party. Well, guess what? There will come a day where you don't have parents anymore. And at that point, guess what? You are making your own choices. You get to make your own choices of what you do, of, of what you eat, of all those choices will be yours. But right now, you get to live, most of us all here, I would say, live under the blessing of our parents. And sometimes their wisdom benefits us because they don't spend all the money on, you know, candy and trips and then we don't have any money for rent or lights right so we get to have some of that wisdom but you know let's look again at what the bible says if you are wise you shall be wise for yourself but if you scorn you shall bear it alone you know what this is saying this is teaching you this wisdom the wisdom you have is going to bless you and the folly that you have is going to curse you you are going to be the one that, that feels the heat. Now, the verse is not saying no one else will feel the heat or be blessed. Because sometimes, you know, there is a blessing that comes to others. But ultimately, no one else can be wise for you. Did you know that? You and God have to learn wisdom for yourself. Now, people can teach you wisdom and they can point to wisdom and say, be wise, be wise, be wise. But at the end of the day, it's up to you to be wise. It's up to you to choose which voice you listen to, which door you go through, which way you're going to go. This is the voice of wisdom and the voice of folly. And if you go through the door of wisdom, you will be blessed with that wisdom. It will bless you. And if you go through that door of folly, it will curse you. Um, I want to compare and contrast these two women here for just a moment. Let's look at first at the wise woman. Let's turn back to verse 1. And notice verse 1 tells us that wisdom has built her house. She has carved out her seven pillars. How many of you have seen a house that has pillars out front? I've seen some houses 
um, that have pillars out front. And normally when you see a house with pillars, especially seven pillars, it's a big home, it's a nice home, and normally pillars are not made out of, you know, empty stucco or something, usually not even made of brick, although they could be. They're usually made of marble or something very nice, stone and granite and uh, things of these, this nature. You go drive down to South Charlotte, you can see some homes with pillars, okay? Pillars. Wisdom has a large house, and it has pillars. She built that house. She's the one that, that created that. And then it goes on to say she has killed her beasts. She has mixed her wine. She has also furnished her table. Now, when it says killed her beasts, it's not a reference to pets, okay? It's not a reference to she's just out slaughtering animals. No, it's saying she's made a meal. She's killed her oxen, and she's providing beef. She's killed her, her sheep, and she's providing veal. And so she's spreading a feast table. She's mixed her wine, all right? This is um, the expensive drink, and it is mixed and ready to be, to be uh, drank and consumed. Drank, drunk, drunk and consumed. And, um, and she's laying out a table. She's furnished her table. Verse 3 says she sent out her maidens. This is the idea of her servants have, have set up this banqueting hall and they're all done. And so she sent them out because the feast is about ready to begin. And then it says she cries in the highest places of the city. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. As for him who lacks understanding, she says to him, come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine that I have mixed. The voice of wisdom says, I have something to offer you. How many of you like going to feasts? I like going to feasts. It kind of depends on what's being served, but you know, there's very few things I don't like to eat. And wisdom says, I have a feast for you. I have killed these animals. I have gotten my drink ready. I have set the table. Come eat with me. Learn of me. Spend time with me. This is what I have in my banqueting hall. Can I just tell you, there's two, two general pictures I'm going to draw for us here. The first is that as a Christian, there is a banquet waiting for us, isn't there? It's called the marriage supper of the Lamb. And Jesus, the true wise one, calls to us and says, believe on me, listen to me, hear my words, and one day you will sit around that banqueting hall. And as a Christian, we can always look forward to that. But this is a little bit more metaphorical than that. It's, it, the Bible is not explicitly telling us about that feast. It's more telling us about the fruits and the blessings of wisdom itself. When you walk with God and you have a knowledge of the Holy One and you have the fear of the Lord and you listen to the call of wisdom, you will get to sit at wisdom's table. You will get to go into wisdom's house. You will eat of the banquet that wisdom offers you. Let me give you some examples. I have heard of some couples who have marriage problems. And they got marriage counseling. And they worked through their trouble. They talked through their difficulties. And they prayed through their problems. And they, they came through and they figured things out. And you know what they have now? They have a sweet marriage. And they love each other and they get along and they enjoy being around each other. And you know what they're doing? They're eating at the banquet feast of wisdom. 
There are some other people that have learned the wisdom of giving to God. And they tithe and they give to the Lord and they're generous with the Lord and they're not stingy with Him and they give to the Lord. And there comes a day where they have a need in their life and they pray and they seek God and God provides that need. And you know what? In that moment, they're eating of the banquet hall of wisdom. I could go on with other examples, but the, the, the point is this. Wisdom calls and says, I have something for you. And yet, we have to remember that when we hear the voice of wisdom calling out of this ear, there's also another voice calling out of this ear. Now let's, let's look at this uh, foolish woman. Verse 13, A foolish woman is clamorous. She is simple and knows nothing. Now, we're not told as much about her at this point. All it says is she's clamorous. Well, what, what does clamorous mean? Any takers on the word clamorous? Looking left and right. What's a din? Yes. Yes. Loud. Yes. Vocal. A noise. A din. Yes. It is. Uh, she's very loud. And what I might point out here is that, remember, the foolish woman is calling out. And according to Clamorous, she's calling out loudly. <laughs> hey, come over here. Come look at what I got to give you. And so maybe we could say that the voice of folly sometimes shouts a little louder than the voice of wisdom does. So she's clamorous. She's very loud. She's very boisterous and forward. And, and then it says she is simple and knows nothing. She's an ignoramus. She's uh, empty. She's simple. She doesn't know anything. But she's calling out. And, and it says she sits at the door of her house. And here, instead of Lady Wisdom with all of her work to get this fine meal prepared, right? Wisdom has worked very hard to spread the banquet and has servants and wealth and all this, right? Here we see the foolish woman sitting in the door of her house, implying to me that she's lazy and has nothing ready on the inside of the house, right? She's just sitting there yelling, hey, come on in, y'all. We got some stuff here for you. And as wisdom has worked hard to create this banquet in a fine home with a fine feast, folly, she called, now notice, verse 16 and verse 4 are identical, completely identical. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And as for him who lacks understanding, she says to him. Verse 4 and 16. So they're saying the same thing. They're calling out the same thing. But notice what the foolish woman offers. Verse 17. Stolen waters are sweet. And bread eaten in secret is pleasant. Quick question. Where's the beef? Does the foolish woman have any meat to offer? No meat. Now, the wise woman offers mixed wine, but this woman offers stolen waters. Stolen waters. In other words, it's just water, and it's stolen from someone else. And it says stolen waters are sweet, and then bread eaten in secret. Now, why would it be bread eaten in secret? Well, it might be because it's stolen as well. It might be because there's some shame involved in eating that bread. Maybe it's impure in a Jewish context. You know, maybe it's impure or has leaven or something. Maybe it's um, simply the idea that it's not what, what you think it is, and so you're eating it in secret. I don't know all the ideas, but she's offering stolen bread or, or stolen water and bread that you need to eat in secret. In other words, there's some shame about it. 
And she says, oh, this is great. It, it tastes good. It's, it's sweet. It's pleasant. And you know the first taste of that is sweet. The first taste of that is pleasant. But there's more to the story than just the bread and the water. She is in her doorway calling. The voice of wisdom is calling. But what they offer you is very different. They both say the food will taste good. But notice verse 18. But he does not know that the dead are there and that her guests are in the depths of hell. Foolishness calls out. And foolishness is something that does not give you life. It does not lengthen your life. No, it brings you to death. It brings you more quickly to death. Because down in her house, instead of a beautiful banqueting hall, there is graves. There's hell. The pit of hell is down in there. And she's calling, saying, come, come. If you could maybe boil this down. In verse 10, we have heaven calling. And in verse 18, we have hell calling. Heaven and hell calling out to you. Folly and wisdom calling out to you. Satan and Jesus calling out to you. As a Christian, we hear voices every day. We hear calls. We have knocks on the door. We have click here, right? We have um, spend your money here. We have give your time into this. And both voices are calling out to us. Come here. Come here. Come here. Eat what I have. Drink what I have. Taste what I have for you. This picture of food, I think, is really important for two pictures. The one picture is that food in, in the Middle East would picture fellowship and, and a relationship. And it's this idea that we're sitting down, we're eating together, and we're exchanging friendship, we're exchanging union and harmony. And the idea is there's a relationship there. And when you sit down and you eat of someone's food, it's a sign of friendship. And the foolish woman says, come be friends with me. Be, spend time with me. Learn from me. And the voice of wisdom calls the same. They both offer food. They both offer a relationship. On the, other, the other picture of this food is that of sustenance. Food gives you life. right? Food sustains you. Um, I just uh, heard, heard of someone talking about how the dog food that they were feeding their dog, their vet says that they're convinced that this brand is corrupted and it's He's heard of other dogs getting sick off of this brand of, of dog food. and So there's a problem with this food, and there's dogs getting sick now from it. Well, when it comes to the food that's being offered here, the, the, the food of wisdom is life-giving. It's true sustenance. It is good, and it will, will benefit and bless the one who eats it. Foolishness, the food that is offered, is actually harmful. It's poison. It, it, it sucks out life. And it kills instead of giving life. These two voices are calling to us each day. And my, my question for us is simply this. Are we listening to the voice of wisdom? Or are we listening to the foolish woman? Jesus said it this way when he told his parable. The wise man built his house upon the rock. The foolish man built his house upon the rock. And in that sense, it's very comprehensive. Right? It's, it's all or nothing in that picture. 
And what I'm trying to bring out tonight is that we have many, many choices. Every day we have choices. With our time, with our money, with our thoughts, with our focus, with our praise, with our complaints, with all these things, we have our choices. And the foolish woman calls out and says, come over here. And the wise woman calls out and says, come over here. And choice by choice, piece by piece, bite by bite, we build our life. And I trust that you are building your life on the wisdom of God and His Word. It's not enough to make one good choice or even several choices, but it's a lifetime of wisdom or foolishness. Let's bow our heads in prayer together. Dear Lord, we thank you for this look at Proverbs 9. These women are a picture of folly and of wisdom. They both offer food. They both offer a relationship. They both offer life. Lord, I ask for each of us here, for our adults who are managing their lives and making so many choices that influence their family and those around them. Lord, I pray for myself as I lead and serve as pastor that I will walk in wisdom. Lord, I pray also for our children who are just beginning to start making decisions, to start understanding wisdom and folly and to start seeing that there's a lifetime ahead of them. I pray, O oh God, that you will draw each of these children to wisdom, to the true wisdom found in you, first in saving faith, and then in a lifetime of obedience and discipleship and growth. Help us, I pray, each one of us, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, any question or comment before we...